everyone. Welcome to the Human Again podcast. I know we're probably all tired of hearing about it at this point, but I want to address a couple things I noticed about the election and reactions surrounding it lately. I'm not going to be talking about the candidates or politics themselves, just about the way people have interacted with it. Primarily, how I noticed a lot of mention that the country was very divided. I don't really disagree with this idea, but I'm not sure I agree with the context it was often being used in. You see, it was typically brought up when highlighting how close the votes are and how there seemed to be a relatively equal split down the middle, which is part of the reason it dragged on for so long, because no clear winner could be declared until getting through all the votes. Many people were expecting a stronger majority to go toward the Democratic Party before the election, both in the presidential and Senate races, so when they saw it was closer than expected, the sentiment was that the country is more divided than we thought. I think there are some problems with equating the voting results with division, though. The issue is that it assumes more conformity equates to less division, and difference of perspective means there must be more division. Along this line of thinking, the best way to reduce division is to get more conformity and to think more similarly. If 80% of the country voted for one party or the other, then the conclusion would be there is much less division. In reality, the voting differences are about diversity of perspective rather than division. The close results indicate that there are similar numbers of people with different perspectives from each other, at least in the area of politics and political parties. This is further highlighted by people who didn't vote or who voted for someone other than the two main parties. This group is usually making that choice because they don't fully support either party or candidate and want a wider diversity of perspectives represented rather than simply a black and white choice between two options. The fact that we assume we need to vote for one of two parties and support them wholeheartedly is more an indication of division than a split vote is. The system we've adopted forces us to promote one perspective at the expense of the other, rather than being able to look at a wide array of perspectives and candidates in order to evaluate both the pros and cons of each. I understand part of the reason we have this model is because it's hard for hundreds of millions of people to make a collective decision together if there are not very concrete and familiar options to choose from. Like I mentioned in the last episode, decision-making can be extremely difficult and include infinitely complex considerations to try to make the right choice. Thus, when trying to make a decision on a widespread scale, we need some simplicity and conformity of perspectives in order to actually make a concrete decision. This helps streamline the process, but it comes with the downside of causing people to oversimplify and think less deeply about why they made the choice they do other than one or two points of agreement with their party. In addition, the reduced number of choices reinforces the idea that if you support one, you must be opposed to the other. To be fair, I'm not sure I have a better model that would practically work on the scale we're dealing with, as it's hard enough to make 
collective decisions in a group of three people trying to figure out where to get food, let alone 300 million people trying to decide how the entire country should be run. My goal here isn't to propose a new model for voting or political process. It's to challenge the way we think about division and propose a better model for navigating differences between individuals. If we think lack of conformity is a mark of division, then the solution is to win people over to your perspective. In this model, each person should be very vocal about why their views have merit and why other views are flawed. We try to change people's minds by more passionately defending our own views and attacking theirs. Essentially, we try to reduce division by brute force, eliminating inferior perspectives so all that remains is the best ones that everyone shares. This is unrealistic for one, because we'll never have total conformity and agreement of perspective, and it would be too Orwellian for most people anyway if we did. The real issue is that we're thinking about division the wrong way in the first place. Instead of seeing conformity and agreement as the goal, we should see empathy as the goal for reducing division. Put simply, empathy is understanding someone else's perspective from their point of view. It doesn't automatically oversimplify or dismiss their position simply because it's different from our own. It's about understanding why they see things the way they do without inserting our own assumptions about their intentions. The power of empathy is that it allows for diversity of perspective without division. It promotes deeper understanding of different opinions so we can still respect those who disagree and make a case for our own views without attacking the other person. It also changes the way we approach promoting our own perspective, because the goal is to help people understand it and see it the way we do, rather than trying to prove it's better than theirs. Likewise, it causes us to consider other perspectives and be willing to admit when there are flaws in our own opinions. If empathy were the norm in politics, we would see candidates genuinely commending each other for work they have done to improve the country in the past, beyond a mere concession. We would see them focusing more on helping each other to understand their actual position and its merits, rather than attacking and oversimplifying their, their opponent's views. And the mark of a good candidate would be someone who understands the interests of Americans from all different contexts, rather than catering to one group at the expense of another. Likewise, political discussions among average citizens would not be a fearful endeavor. It would be marked by listening in order to gain more clarity about other perspectives. It would include more phrases like, you're right, and I never considered that before, thanks for helping me see that. And it would allow for half the country to still vote differently than the other without assuming that they hate each other and are divided. Again, the goal of empathy is not conformity, it's a mutual understanding and respect, so you can still disagree and believe your perspective is better while understanding why others who disagree still have a valid position. Empathy is important beyond just the realm of politics. You can find the same kind of issues in almost every area of life. For example, you'll often see marriages or relationships marked by fighting because each person's trying to prove they're right and the other person is wrong. 
This is the same issue of trying to resolve division with force in order to attain conformity. The goal is to show the other person why they're wrong and have an inferior position so they will concede and agree with your perspective. Unfortunately, this usually just leads to more and more tension and toxicity in the relationship. An empathetic approach is to start by trying to understand each other's perspectives and why you each feel that way. From there, it's much easier to try to bridge the gap because you're going over to the other person's side first rather than insisting they jump over the gap to your side. Think about it like this. If you're trying to explain something to someone who speaks a different language, is it better to speak louder and more passionately, getting frustrated that they still don't understand? Or is it more helpful to understand their language first so you can start from where they are at and then help them understand your point in a way they understand? Similarly, you can't teach calculus to an average child by showing them a college lecture and expecting them to just get it. You need to understand where the other person is coming from and why they're not on the same page as you. It's unlikely that simply being more forceful or confident will help them bridge the gap. This will also help you recognize if you have areas that need to be addressed too. Often what happens is we get so fixated on one facet of an issue, we lose sight of the other considerations, or we don't realize how it affects others because it doesn't directly apply to us. Because of the way our political parties often operate, it can become a battle of one person's interests against another's. The people who live in cities want certain policies that help them, but are less advantageous for people in rural areas, and vice versa. In the past week, I've seen posts from friends from both major parties criticizing anyone who voted for the other candidate because by doing so, they're choosing to make one group or another's life more difficult. They're choosing to take away people's jobs or rights, or they're promoting unacceptable behavior and corruption. I've seen each of these criticisms against both primary presidential candidates. The point is that each party tends to represent certain groups more than others, so it becomes a tug-of-war for each to try to gain more control and favorable outcomes for themselves, even if it means worse outcomes for others. Why can't we work together to try to find better solutions for everyone, rather than trading back and forth between incomplete solutions that only work for some? My hope is that we could all practice better empathy and really consider the impact of any candidate or policy, not just on ourselves, but on others that we don't often see or interact with. Does the party you support actually look out for the interests of everyone, or does it favor some over others? Does it leave any groups behind or disparage them as less important? Maybe we won't be able to make a significant impact on the way the parties and processes function, but maybe we can at least improve the way we interact with each other by recognizing each party has people they are trying to protect and people they are neglecting. Just because someone voted for one or the other doesn't mean they hate certain people. It may just be that they're trying to be compassionate toward a different group of people. To be fair, there are some people who truly don't care about others and intentionally spread hate toward those they don't agree with or understand. But it's not right to assume that about someone simply based on their vote or party affiliation. 
Thinking like that is what spreads division, not voting differently from each other. Take the time to truly try to understand why others may see things differently than you and be humble enough to accept you may have some blind spots yourself. This takes work and doesn't always come naturally, even to me. I went to a small charter high school on the coast that had about 60 kids in the whole school. The students there came from a variety of backgrounds, and some were concerned about the standards of the main public high school and wanted a better alternative. Some were very interested in the technology component of the charter school, and some had struggled in other schools and were there as a second chance. It was an interesting collection of different types of people, and for the most part, everyone managed to get along fine or stick to their own cliques. Within a few weeks of starting school, I had an assignment to give a speech to a group of people, but I wasn't sure who to gather to present it to. I'd met a few people, but was still insecure and socially awkward, so I talked to my teacher to see if he had any ideas for how I could find a good group to do it with, since I didn't really know anyone. To my horror, he grabbed a few guys from one of the cliques that was often identified as the Insane Clown Posse group. If you don't know anything about Insane Clown Posse, it's a hardcore music duo that has essentially created its own subculture among fans. You can probably guess some of the characteristics that go along with it just based on the name. Uh, This group of students would wear all black clothing with baggy pants and chains, had long shaggy hair, and repped the ICP graphics on hats or shirts, among other things. Being an academically-minded former homeschooler, I really had no reason to ever think of associating with this group, and was pretty sure any conversation with them would just end with me getting made fun of. Needless to say, they weren't the group I would have chosen to give my speech to. Not only was I intimidated by all of them, but this was essentially the first time I had done any kind of public speaking. It was a short speech, and I don't even remember what it was about, but I'm fairly certain it was not very good. After I finished, though, I was surprised to find that these other students were actually very gracious and offered genuine feedback about what I had done well. I soon found that they were actually very kind people and had many amazing characteristics that I had completely overlooked. I didn't end up becoming a part of their group or listening to Insane Clown Posse, but I gained a lot of respect for them, and I caught a more accurate glimpse of who they really were beyond the image they portrayed or my first impression of them. I could have gone four years without ever interacting with them and just making assumptions about what they were like because I didn't want to take the first step to try to understand them. But they were willing to take the first step into my world and listen to my perspective, and through their empathy, they bridged the gap for me to look at them with empathy. I had to be vulnerable and open to ridicule in order for them to show empathy and accept me for who I was, and in doing so, they paved the way for mutual empathy and vulnerability, as I came to understand them better as well. That's really what I want for everyone, and why I started this podcast. I want to see more people taking the time to try to understand each other well, and looking more closely at those they don't agree with, rather than impulsively dismissing them. 
I want to see more people willing to be vulnerable enough to accept empathy and be understood well by others. You won't agree with everyone or become like everyone else, but you will be able to interact with them much more productively. It will help us move toward being a country that can have diversity of perspective without division, and that models respect even in disagreement. See you next time.